Good morning, and welcome back to Before the Bell Season 2. I'm Lindsley Berrios. And I'm Mia Robarts. And we are your hosts for Before the Bell. In our last episode, we discussed the overturning of Roe v. Wade and the ripple effect that it had on abortion laws around the world. Throughout this season, we'll continue to examine abortion laws in different countries, gathering insight on how their laws differ from ours in the States. In today's episode, our second episode of the season, we'll be discussing Argentina. Argentina is a country in South America that has, in recent years, been moving in the opposite direction when it comes to reproductive rights when compared to the U.S. Argentina's movements for abortion rights may teach us some lessons to reflect on in the U.S. Let's start from the beginning. Has Argentina always been progressive when it comes to reproductive rights? Not quite. For most of its history, abortion has been largely inaccessible to Argentinians, and partly due to Argentina's large Catholic population. Let's begin in 1921, when a law was created in Argentina regulating access to abortion. The law stated that any woman who either consented to performing the procedure on her or intentionally causing her own abortion would be faced with one to four years in prison. Anyone caught carrying out the procedure could face up to 15 years. Were there any exceptions to this law? There were three exceptions. If the pregnancy was a threat to the life or health of the woman, if the pregnancy was a result of rape, or if the pregnant woman was mentally handicapped. And that was the rule for quite some time, correct? Mostly, though there have been some changes as time progressed. During Argentina's military dictatorship in the 1970s and 80s, the law required for a woman to be in quote-unquote grave danger to be able to get a legal abortion. This changed in 1984, when the Argentinian democratic government regained power. Interesting. And how did that transition change the law? They returned the law to its original wording, which meant that it no longer required the danger to be grave. However, an aspect has changed. Now, they only allowed abortion in cases of rape, or if the woman carrying out the pregnancy was mentally disabled. The law stayed the same until nearly 30 years later, in 2012, when the Supreme Court changed back the law to always allow abortion in the case of rape. So, that was in 2012, over 10 years ago. What's happened since? Quite a lot, actually. The movement pushing for abortion rights gained traction in 2018, when millions protested in support of legislation to legalize abortion within the first 14 weeks of pregnancy. But that bill failed. Right. The bill was rejected in the Senate 38-31, to which was a major loss for reproductive rights advocates in Argentina. The bill, though it didn't pass, prompted greater protests to expand abortion rights. The movement peaked during the pandemic when a second reproductive rights bill was brought to the Senate to legalize abortion. Tell me about the second bill. This bill was called the Voluntary Interruption of Pregnancy Bill. The bill legalized abortion up to 14 weeks of all pregnancies and in later stages of pregnancy if the life or health of the mother is at risk or in cases of rape. And on December 30th of 2020, the bill passed 38 to 31. So we've established that in 2018, only two years prior, a similar bill failed in the Senate. Why did it pass this time around? A large reason for the action on reproductive rights in Argentina is the actions of Argentina's feminist organizations. Back in the 1970s, around the time of Roe v. Wade, Feminist healthcare organizations began to push for the decriminalization of abortion. In more recent years, we've seen similar organizations continue to push for reproductive rights, most notably the Green Wave movement. What's the Green Wave? 
The Green Wave is the nickname given to the abortion rights movement sweeping through Latin America. The name was given due to the green bandanas that protesters wear when advocating for reproductive rights. The decision to wear green came from Marta Alani, the founder of the organization Catholics for the Right to Decide. In 2003, she chose the color green as it reminded her of growth and life. As stated by a friend of Alani, the term life should return to us. The movement has since expanded as other organizations joined in with the practice of wearing a green bandana. This solidarity is what lies at the heart of the movement. When abortion care was considered a taboo topic, these movements forced the country to have difficult conversations. Through this work, they succeeded in legalizing abortion. So it's clear that the green wave had enormous success in Argentina. Did the movement affect other countries in the region? Absolutely. The passage of the Voluntary Interruption of Pregnancy Bill triggered what's been called a wave of decriminalization, according to the Global Fund for Women. It started in Mexico with a court case. That was September of 2021, right? Right. The Mexican Supreme Court decriminalized abortion in Mexico, setting a precedent for legal protection of abortion in the process. They were followed by Colombia. Last February... February 2022. Correct. The Constitutional Court of Colombia decriminalized abortions within the first 24 weeks of pregnancy. According to Liz Mineo, a Harvard staff writer, activists found success focusing on the unintended effects of criminalizing abortion, namely the pressure it applies to people who are part of impoverished or marginalized communities to undergo dangerous abortions. The courts ruled in favor of the Causa Justa movement, a collection of health experts and women's rights advocates at the forefront of the movement for reproductive rights. At Causa Justa protests, there was a sea of green bandanas, just like the green wave in Argentina. So what does the future have in store for Argentina? On January 14, 2021, Argentinian President Alberto Fernandez officially signed the Voluntary Interruption of Pregnancy Bill into law, signaling the beginning of a new era. Two years later, we've already begun to see changes. How so? In an interview with NPR, Maria Alcalde, a director of IPA, an international program committed for fighting for reproductive rights, stated that decriminalizing abortion has reduced the numbers of women that require access. Why? I mean, don't you think the opposite would occur? By destigmatizing the issue of abortion, public clinics are now able to offer more preventative help and counseling to those who initially sought abortion. Interesting. It sort of makes you wonder whether the increased stigmatization of abortion in the United States may increase the amount of women seeking access. When asked about the overturning of Roe v. Wade, Alcalde did seem to believe America is moving in the opposite direction, saying U.S. movement is very isolated. In other words, she believes that the American movement regarding reproductive rights is becoming fragmented along party and organizational lines. Regardless, she has hope for America's future in abortion care and has urged those involved in the movement to rethink their approach. It's easy to fixate on abortion laws in the United States, particularly in critical times like these. However, it's important to look past our home country to other parts of the world. In Argentina, we've seen how a strategy of movement solidarity was essential to the success of the Green Wave. By taking a step back and examining approaches to reproductive rights in other countries, we can learn valuable lessons about the politics of abortion access. That's all for today. This has been Episode 2, Argentina's Abortion Laws. Once again, I'm Lindsay Berrios. And I'm Mia Robarts. And this is Before the Bell. Bell.